Of course, when employment is below its maximum level, as is so clearly the case now, we will actively seek to minimize that shortfall by using our tools to support economic growth and job creation. Hi, it's Dave. Recently, the Fed Chairman Jerome Powell made an historic announcement that the Fed would change how they approach controlling inflation, and this has huge implications on investment opportunities. Not many people are talking about this, so in this video, I'm going to share my thoughts. First, let's take a look at what Jerome Powell had to say at the recent Central Bank's annual meeting in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. I have the link to the full speech in the description, but here's a quick clip. Our revised statement emphasizes that maximum employment is a broad-based and inclusive inclusive goal. This change reflects our appreciation for the benefits of a strong labor market, particularly for many in low and moderate income communities. In addition, our revised statement says that our policy decision will be informed by our assessments of the shortfalls of employment from its maximum level, rather than by deviations from its maximum level, as in our previous statement. This change may be subtle, but it reflects our view that a robust job market can be sustained without causing an outbreak of inflation. In earlier decades, when the Phillips curve was steeper, inflation tended to rise noticeably in response to a strengthening labor market. It was sometimes appropriate for that to tighten monetary policy as employment rose toward its estimated maximum level in order to stave off an unwelcome rise in inflation. The change to shortfalls clarifies that going forward, employment can run at or real-time estimates of its maximum level without causing concern, unless accompanied by signs of unwanted increases in inflation or the emergence of other risks that could impede the attainment of our goals. Of course, when employment is below its maximum level, as is so clearly the case now, we will actively seek to minimize that shortfall by using our tools to support economic growth and job creation. Following periods when inflation has running below 2%, appropriate monetary policy will likely aim to achieve inflation moderately above 2% for some time. As most of you are aware, my channel is a stream of consciousness of sorts, so my thoughts can and will change over time. That said, here are some of my thoughts regarding this historic change of Fed policy. Number one, the Fed's new emphasis is going to be maximum employment. Now, what does that mean? In order to get maximum employment, companies need to be growing and hiring. This creates new jobs. But in order for companies to grow and hire, they need demand for the products or revenue to be growing. But they also need and usually benefit from low interest rates since with low interest rates, companies can take out loans for new buildings, new equipment, new expansion plans, etc. So by emphasizing maximum employment as the Fed's main goal, Jerome Powell is basically saying they're committed to keeping interest rates low. Also, to support businesses, the Fed needs to provide liquidity so that, let's say when the going gets tough for a company and they need a bridge loan to get past a hurdle, then they'll be able to find that money through lenders. In other words, the Fed needs to make sure lenders are lending money to businesses. And when those loans go bad, the Fed needs to make sure those bad loans don't halt liquidity to the market markets. The Fed can buy up bad debt or the Fed can make purchases in the bond markets to shore up lending and make sure that there's plenty of liquidity. Regardless of the method, the Fed, by emphasizing maximum employment, is saying that they're going to be prioritizing jobs, which means growing companies. All right, number two, the Fed is de-emphasizing the need to control inflation. 
Previously, the dual charter or mission of the Fed was to control inflation and aim for maximum employment. But this creates some tension. The Fed's goal was to not let inflation get over 2%. So if the economy heated up, then the Fed would try to slow down the economy by raising interest rates. Since by raising interest rates, companies would get more conservative and they don't expand or hire as much. This is the policy that has been guiding the Fed for decades. But Jerome Powell's speech marks a major departure from this and introduces a new model, which is de-emphasizing controlling inflation and emphasizing maximum employment. In other words, the new goal and mission of the Fed is to maximize employment and not control inflation. Sure, they'll try to control inflation and keep it at an average of 2% loosely, but it won't be a major priority. And if the economy heats up and inflation does too, then they won't worry about it too much, but rather they'll keep focused on trying to reach maximum employment. This is big news because if the Fed isn't as concerned about inflation as in the past, then they can print money more freely, thus more quantitative easing and higher asset prices as a result. All right, number three, what quantitative easing does. The Fed has various tools at hand, but one of those tools is to lower and raise interest rates. The Fed funds rate is the interest rate that the Fed gives to banks for overnight lending. However, the Fed funds rate is currently at 0.25%, which is almost 0%. So the Fed doesn't have much room to lower interest rates as a means to stir economic activity. Since the Great Recession, one of the Fed's favorite tools has been quantitative easing, which is when the Fed creates money and buys assets and it holds those assets on their balance sheet. It's kind of like magic. You want to buy a trillion dollars worth of assets, just print a trillion dollars of money and go ahead and buy those assets. It's like going on a shopping spree with a money printer. And what this does is a few things. First, it keeps asset prices high because you have newly created money chasing around the same assets as before. Second, it devalues money. So for the same amount of money, I can buy less assets because there's more money going around in the system. All right, number four, low interest rates, QE, and high stock prices. Yesterday, I was looking into a high yield, quote unquote, checking account from Schwab, and they currently give a whopping 0.03% annual interest. That's right, not 3%, not 0.3, but 0.03 annual interest. It's like basically zero, it's crazy. So let's say a person has $100,000 in cash, and they stick it into Schwab's high yield checking account. They'll get a whopping $30 interest for the entire year. It's barely enough to get a t-shirt or two t-shirts. And then you have the Fed printing money and buying assets. So your $100,000 is likely going to be able to buy less assets in the future because money is devalued. It's in this conundrum where many investors feel like they have no choice but to invest in the stock market, even though they think valuations are high. It's because there appears to be little other choice. Some days I shake my head at the valuations that some companies are getting. But on the other hand, you have the Fed committed to low interest rates and propping up the economy at all costs, even if it means devaluing existing money. As they say, don't fight the Fed. Overall, the Fed's announcement is showing the Fed's commitment to continue to keep interest rates low and to print more money, propping up companies, liquidity, and even the bond markets. It shows the Fed's new focus on maximum employment and their newly more laxed approach to inflation.
On a final note, Jerome Powell mentioned how they talked with low-income people and they wanted their policies to help them. But I do have my doubts on the effectiveness of quantitative easing to reduce income inequality. Some astutely claim that quantitative easing over the past decade has led to an increase in income inequality because the new money the Fed's created has gone into propping up equities and assets, which the lower class doesn't have much of. So those with assets and equities benefit disproportionately from quantitative easing. Yet the Fed is doubling down and saying they're going to continue low interest rates and tools like QE and money printing to maximize employment. We'll see how it goes. Anyways, I want to hear from you guys. What do you think? Is the Fed's quantitative easing program over the past decade been helpful or not, and to whom? And what do you make of the Fed's new approach to maximum employment? If this video has been helpful, smash the like button and consider subscribing. We're looking at investment topics from different angles, trying to get beneath the surface of things. The key is independent thinking. All right, I'm on Twitter at HeyDave7, and we'll see you in my next video. Thanks.